הרן מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתיים שבדורנו, לכל הצדיקים האמיתיים שאוכלי עפר קדושים בשבר עצמה. ובפרט לרבנו הקדוש צדיק יסודו למה נחמן ומקור חוכמה רבנו נחמן וצגה. נא נח נחמן נחמן מאומן זכותם תגן עלינו וכל יסכן אמן. So בעזרת השם, today is going to be the first half of תורה י"ח, we're going to do it in two days, בעזרת השם. And we're going to start with the words רבי יוחנן משתאה. רבי יוחנן משתאה, רבי יונתן, רבי יונתן משתאה, רבי יונתן once related. זימנה חדה, הווה כעזינה בספינתה. One time we were traveling on a ship. וחזינה נהו כרטליתה. And we saw this basket. תאבו מקבעה בה אבנים טובות ומרגליות. And set into this basket, engraved into this basket, were nice stones and pearls. והאהדרה למינדת לחבר דמיקרא בירשה. And surrounding this basket was a type of fish called the birsha, the birsha fish. A diver went down to retrieve it, and he sensed that one of the fish wanted to sever his thigh. So, as he was going down to retrieve this basket with his fish surrounding it, Um, he sensed that this fish wanted to basically cut off his thigh. He threw a flask of vinegar down uh, into the water and the fish fled away. Uh, a heavenly voice came out and said, What do you guys have to do with this basket anyways? What have you... D- What have you to do with this basket? Meaning, what's the point of this? Why do you need this so much? As it belongs to the wife of Rabbi Hanina ben Dosa, who in the future will store in it the trelet, um, For the tzaddikim, for the, uh, for the, in the world to come. So this heavenly voice tells this diver that went to go retrieve this basket, why are you touching this basket? Because it belongs to the wife of Rabbi Hanina ben Dosa, who's going to use this in the future to put trelet for the tzaddikim in the world to come, or in the time to come. Okay. Very intriguing story. Let's look at the Rashbam. Rashbam says, Kartalita, when it says Kartalita, Argaz, it's referring to a chest. The Mikre Birsha, that this fish was called Birsha, this was its name. Baramorai, Adam Shodel Ashut Bamai. What does it mean, Baramorai? A person that knows how to swim in the water, a diver. Bayad Denishvetel Atma. What does that mean? And wanted to bite off his thigh. He threw vinegar. And because of this, the fish drove away, fled away because of the smell of this vinegar. What's the Mishdeya Be? Um, to hide within it. So this is the language of the Gemara. Rajbam's translation and explanation. Okay, let's hop into the lesson. לשון רבנו דיכון ובחד, this is directly from the manuscript of רבנו. רבי יונתן משתאי, זימן אחד אהבה כעזינה בספינתה, וחדינה הי כרטליתה וכולי, etc, etc, this entire story. דה. No, that for every single thing there is a purpose. And 
And for that purpose, which exists for that certain thing, there is another purpose. Gavoa mal gavoa, one more exalted than the other. Meaning the purpose of each and every thing ascends upon another and there's always another purpose for this purpose and then that purpose has another purpose, etc., etc. It's like a ladder. Le mashal, it's a parable. Tachlit binyan abayit. Tachlit binyan abayit. The purpose of building a house, in order that a person will be able to dwell in it. What's the purpose of rest or dwelling in it? In order that he should have strength to serve God. And what's the service? What's the purpose of serving? Etc. 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 So you see, with every single thing that you have a purpose of, even that thing has a purpose. And then that thing has a purpose. Etc. And the purpose of that thing is connected is connected to the thought and to the mind more than more than the actual thing object itself. Meaning the takhlit of a matter of something is more connected um, to the original thought and sechel more than the, uh, what do you call it? More than the actual item. Meaning the purpose of that item is closer to the actual original intended thought for that thing. And what happens? Rabbeinu is explaining this. That the takhlit, the purpose, is closer to thought than the actual object. Because last indeed is first in thought. The end of the deed is is first originating in the thought, meaning the final object um, first originates within the thought, but closer to the thought of that object is the takhlit of that object rather than the object itself. Meaning the purpose for why a person does something is closer to the actual root of that object than the actual object in itself. It's a very deep idea. Nimtza, the result of all of this is that the end and the purpose is actually the beginning of the thought. And it's closer to the thought. And from this purpose then devolutes this final action, this object, etc., etc. When it ascends in a person's thought to build a house, it's certain that the house isn't built at once. Rather you need to prepare the wood and to cut and to build each and every single tree according to its need. My bad. To, uh, to build each and every single branch or whatever piece of wood that you need to. And then afterwards you build and you complete the house. Nimtza. So what do we find? That the perfection of the house, which is the purpose of the building and the end of it. It's the purpose of why you're building it. It's the end. Was actually first originating in the thought. Meaning, the takhlit, the final purpose of that thing that you're doing, is closer to the thought than the actual beginning of the action. Because what's the first thing that you need to do to build a house? You need to cut off the wood. But cutting off the wood isn't closer than the actual purpose of why you're cutting the wood, which is actually to have a house. So having the house is. What first origin in your thought that you wanted to have that house, and obviously, uh, the takhlit of that thing of that object is.
closer than the actual start of um, of the object in itself. Because the first thing you need to do is cut wood, and that's certainly not the purpose of why you're building the house. It's not for the wood. So it goes on. Uh, it's uh, it's very deep. Now Rabban is going on to the tachlit of all creation. What's the purpose of all creation? The delight of the world to come. And it's impossible to bring this purpose close to the thoughts of man. Because upon this final purpose, it's said about it that the eye has never seen it. Meaning, no man can think about this. No man can properly grasp this in his own mind. So you cannot really have this tachlit, this final purpose close to your thought because it's something the eye has never seen. You can't imagine it. But Rabbeinu explains like this. But the true tzadikim, the tzadikim that are truthful, they too are able to grasp in their thoughts even this purpose of the world to come. Meaning this purpose of the entire creation, which is the world to come. Even they can grasp this. Even though the eyes never seen it, they too can understand this at some level. And each and every Jew, according to his root, his source, and how much he is rooted within the neshama of the tzaddik, he can also receive from this tzaddik this purpose. So he too can feel it. Meaning according to the what? The undoing of anger with mercy. Meaning according to how much one is able to nullify anger through mercy. Meaning, when a person come, becomes angry, that he shouldn't act uh, cruel because of his anger. On the contrary, he should sweeten this anger with mercy. It says, in wrath, when Hashem is in wrath, he remembers mercy. Meaning, he doesn't act with cruelty when God is angry. God doesn't act with cruelty when he's angry. He actually remembers his rachmanut, which is an awesome of most awesome traits. And Rabbeinu is explaining this is how a person attaches himself to the Nisham of Tzaddik, which then enables him to feel this Tachrit. And through this, one creates a crown for the, for the humble. That they run away from honor. Who are, who, are, who are humble people? People who run away from honor and from positions of authority. And they make themselves keshirayim, like remnants, like nothingness. And whenever they crown themselves with the crown of mercy, in the aspect of what it says in Tehillim, who crowns upon you chesed, kindness, and mercy, then they receive the kavod and the authority against their will. And this is what it says in Yeshaya, Ateretzvi, the crown of glory, Lishagamov, to the residue of the nation. To one who makes himself Keshiraim, like nothingness, like remnants, like leftovers, meaning a humble person. Then he has a Ateretzvi, a crown of glory. That the crown of glory exists for those who are Sheah, which are Shiraim, those who are left like nothing. Because this tzaddik who runs away from positions of authority and honor, and he doesn't want to rule the world, because this tzaddik runs away from honor, from pride. This thought comes to them from the aspect of what? When Hashem hides His face. When there is little emunah among Am Yisrael. Because 
Because according to the majority of those who are atheists, the same is true of how much God hides his face. Meaning the more one denies Hashem, the more God hides his face from that person. And God does... <clears throat> He doesn't want to rule over them. The same is true of the tzaddik. Tzaddik does not want to rule at all. Meaning according to how much kfirah there is in the world, according to how much atheism there is in the world, so Hashem has its face, and because Hashem has its face, the tzaddik no longer wants to rule anymore. He doesn't want any authority. And this hiding from God is almost God's anger and His divine Wrath. That comes through what? I don't worship. As long as there is idol worship in the world, there is divine anger in the world. Meaning, it's directly connected. And Rabbeinu also explains that even when there's no idol worship in the world, but that emuna is not perfect, then there is so too, there's divine anger and God hides his face according to how much there is lessening in emunah. Meaning according to the little aspect of emunah, then God hides his face commensurate with how much emunah there is. But because that God's divine wrath is short-fueled, it's only short-lived. Because his, his anger is only for a moment. This is why it's only felt Whenever there's idol worship in the world. Real avodat alini meaning. And Barabenu is explaining, yeah, you can't feel God's divine anger until there's a time of idol worship. Why? Because when there's a lack of emunah, yes, it's true that there is divine anger, but it's so minimal you can't feel it. It's certain you can't feel the little divine anger that is within a portion of a moment. And you can't recognize God's hiding of his face. But this devolution of divine anger that comes to the tzaddikim, when the tzaddikim feel this divine anger, even when there's little amunah, then these tzaddikim faces, they hide from the world. The tzaddikim purposefully hide their faces from the world. And they don't want to rule the world. And because that their God's divine anger is only a little bit of a little bit of a moment, this is why they don't attribute the hiding of their faith, of their face, my bad, to to their wrath. What happens? The tzaddikim, they hide their faces from the world when they feel this divine anger that comes at a time in the world when there's less emunah, not at a time where there's avodah zarah. Because at a time of avodah zarah, you can certainly feel God's divine wrath. So you can see that Hashem's face is hidden. But at the time where you can't really feel Hashem's face is hidden, at the time where the world is lacking in Munah, where the Jewish people are lacking in Munah, the tzaddikim hide their faces. But they don't hide their faces because they think of God's divine wrath or because of their wrath. It's actually because they they believe that they have their faces to their lowliness. They believe they are so lowly that they need to hide their face. Meaning they go, they have a shame. Themselves, and they make themselves like nothingness, like remnants. And they say to themselves that they are not fitting to rule the world. And the truth is that they too don't even know and feel of this divine anger, because it's so minimal. And Rabbeinu brings the example 
of Moshe Rabenu. We see this prime example by Moshe Rabenu when he made himself little by the time when he left to Egypt to be a leader. Sorry. Amar. He said, So when Moshe made himself little to walk to Egypt to be a leader, he said, who am I to walk to Paro? And he said many things like this in this manner. It says, Hashem's anger burned in Moshe. What did that mean? This is whenever Moshe made himself little. Moshe didn't want to make himself a leader. This is because that the divine anger of Hashem devoluted all the way into Moshe. Meaning Moshe had God's divine anger within him, but he didn't attribute it to Hashem's anger or wrath or to his wrath for the why the world is such lacking in Emunah, but rather because he felt he was so little. But what happened when one sweetens cruelty and divine anger with Rachamanut, with mercy, as we talked about above, then this divine anger sweetened and the... the the divine anger that is within the tzaddikim that we saw with Moshe Rabbeinu then turns into Chachamanut, compassion. Then compassion rules over the tzaddikim and then they have mercy over the world and they are reconciled with its supervision. Supervision, Meaning they believe now that they can rule the world and they can lead the world into a better place. They accept upon themselves the authority of rulership. And with this mercy, they lead the world. And it says, For the one who has mercy, shall lead them. This is the quality of a true leader, as we see in Torah Zayn, and Likud Morantiniana also, this idea. Nimtza, we see that this compassion is actually their crown that crowns them with this trait of of malchut of kingship and leadership so we see awesome, awesome things here how this crown is actually the rachamanut which then sweetens this cruelty and then now the tzaddikim accept its authority in order to bring the world to a better place when it says in the, the story, Kartalita, a basket, Rashi, Agaz. What did Rashi say? A chest. Agaz is a play on the words Rogel. It's the same aspect of Rogel's anger, cruelty. What are the good stones in the story? This represents the crown. And what's the crown? The crown is mercy, as we talked about. And surrounding this basket with this fish called Birsha, this represents Emuna. As it says in place of the thorn, a cypress tree shall grow, shall ascend. What's Verosh? It's from the word Birsha. Verosh, Birsha. So we see this idea of a tree, Zem Mordechai. And what's Berosh? Cypress tree, Zem Mordechai. It's a reference to Mordechai, and he's called a Jew. Why is he called a Jew? For the fact that he denied idol worship. He was against it completely. As he said, as it says, Anyone who denies this idol worship and who goes against it is called a Jew. A true Jew is one who fights against this idol worship. This is Mordechai. 
who's Yadev Verosh, a cypress tree, this Inyan of a cypress tree, which is Birsha. So we see here, this is the aspect of Emuna. Because the Jew is full of this Emuna. And sometimes a person thinks to himself, Rabbeinu explains, this is huge. There's times where a person feels as if he himself has compassion over the world and he wants to rule the world, to lead the world as he thinks it's for their benefit. But the truth is, this is one who runs after honor. And he's actually attributing his, his chasing to this honor, to what? To mercy. He, makes, he convinces himself that it's actually mercy when it's truth is, it's actually honor. explains like this. A simple thing. The truth is that one was very far from this, that, that this person is very far from this sort of compassion we're talking about in Moshe Rabbeinu. Because as long as this person doesn't have a complete, as long as this person doesn't have a complete emuna, that there's no complete emuna like him, it's certain that he cannot accept this kingship, this rulership, this leadership. And it's certain, even one who believes in something which is superstitious from the other nations, even though he completely believes in Hashem, it's certain he cannot accept this leadership because the essence of manhigut, of leadership, comes through what? Rachamim, mercy. Rachamim is what? And what's the essence of mercy? Through what? The removal of idol worship. Even the faintest trace of idol worship. And even if this person says, a deer crossed my path, which is um, one of those superstitious things that of the Dachai the Goim, the idea of the deer crossing my path is a superstitious thing. Whatever it is, even if he says such a thing, his, his mercy isn't compassionate completely. My bad. His mercy isn't complete. And this is why he cannot accept this kingship. Even one who has a great faith. Until what? He's screwed. Until what? He scrutinizes himself. That no false faith should remain by him. And that he only believes in Hashem. No false faith, no superstition should stay by him. That he should be simple with God. Then, this is one who has complete mercy. And it's fitting for him to lead. But one who doesn't have complete faith and it seems to him that he has mercy over the world but that's not true. He wants to lead the world but he's doing it for honor and not for the true compassion of the world. This is whenever what? Malchut, kingship, turns into atheism. Because a little bit of atheism blemishes kingship, which is what? What's kingship? Leadership. And he, and he turns this into atheism, just like one who turns and takes the kingship for himself, that he is minutely her, her, heretical. Meaning one who, who runs after this honor is considered a min me'at, a small min. A small person who's who's a, who's a heretic. Why? Because he thinks that he's fitting for the leadership, but he's convinced himself to the point where he has mercy over the world. 
When this is very far from the truth, he's doing it for himself. And know that faith, it secures itself constantly within the trade of malchut, kingship, and leadership. That faith is constantly bound to this. It's secured to this idea of leadership so that no foreigner should take it. No foreigner who's not fitting should take it. But no, Rabbeinu explains where is the essence of rulership? Its root is in Chokhmah. In order that you should know how to rule and how to lead. And this is why every king has advisors and wise men. Because this is how one establishes his kingship and he sustains his country. This is what it said in Devarim, and there was in Yeshurun a king, when the people's leaders gathered themselves together. Meaning, when is there a king in Yeshurun? When the leaders of, when the leaders of the people gather themselves together. Meaning, when there's wise men, meaning whenever there's heads of the nation, which are the intellect and the wise, which is, represents the intellect and the wisdom, it's through them that one's kingship stands. And through love of the sages, one establishes kingship and one is able to establish kingship for eternity. But when a king has hate for wise men or, or, or wise men, let him know that a decree has been issued. That from the heavens, they will take him down from his kingship. Why? Because he, he's not bound to Malchut. Because what did he say Malchut is? Malchut's root is in Chokhmah. So if he hates the wise men, that he cannot like the Malchut, he cannot stay with Malchut because Malchut receives its force from, from, from wisdom. Because there's no standing to the world, there's no fulfillment to the world except by means of Chokhmah, wisdom. It says, the king through judgment. Yamid Aret shall establish the earth. And what's Mishpat? Judgment. Mishpat represents the wise man. And if you grow tired of my judgments, um, etc., etc., and what do they explain about this verse? This is one who hates the wise man. Meaning, what is judgments? Those who hate the wise man, the wise man who bring the judgments, those people who hate the wise man. Um, it's them who cannot accept Malchut and if they already have it then they will be taken down Nimtza Look how awesome this is Rabbeinu says like this One whose emuna isn't complete because of the fact that he still has superstitions within him. He still doesn't have complete faith. He still has something that he's attached to the goyim with. When he comes to take for himself this rulership and this kingship, and he's not fitting for it because clearly he has dache amori, he has the ways of the goyim still with him, then the emuna which surrounds this leadership, because what did he say earlier? That the emuna constantly secures itself with malchut and hanaga, as we talked about in the beginning of this section. So the emuna which surrounds this leadership, that constantly secured itself with leadership so that no foreigner should touch it, what happens? The emuna itself causes this person to fall to this hate of sages. Why? In order that 
through him, the malchut, the kingship, and the leadership should not stay. So once he hates the sages, then he gets to the point where he hates chokhmah. And because chokhmah is the root of malchut, then he cannot stay with malchut and leadership because he doesn't have the root of it. He cannot sustain it. It's certain that it won't remain in his hand. Because the essence of, of rulership comes through mishpat justice, which we said earlier was the chachamim. Rather what? Unless this who holds on to the malchut, the only case in which this person can still hold on to this kingship when he has, when he's still attached to the dachei amori and his emunah is incomplete is only if one thing. If he over empowers himself with epikorsut uminut, when he empowers himself with atheism, with denial of God, and by separating emuna from leadership, because what did he say earlier? Emuna constantly secures itself within hanaga. But if a person constantly reinforces himself in atheism and gets further and further from God, and he separates emuna from hanaga, then he can still retain the leadership from the aspect. When he separates emuna from the aspect of malchut malchut from holding itself to malchut from the concept of dominion from, from the concept of dominion from securing the trade of malchut basically. So we see here that one who who strengthens himself within kafut God forbid he separates emuna from hanaga from malchut and then what happens he is able to empower himself through the kingship. Because what did he say earlier? What happened whenever they bring him down from the Malchut? How do they do it? The Emunah itself, which is attached to Malchut, brings him down and makes him fall into Sinat Chachamim, hate of the sages. But by the fact that he reinforces himself with an atheism and denial of God and idol worship, he separates Emunah from this concept of Malchut, so the Emunah doesn't have strength to make him fall anymore. And then what it says in the story that a diver went to descend down and what is the, the rest of it? Um, he, but he saw that the fish was going to sever his thigh. Etc. What's Bar This is one whose faith is incomplete. Bar Amorai. What Bar means son. Amorai. What's Amorai? Dachem Mori. The ways of the goyim emori than the other goyim. So bar means the son of the other nations, meaning one whose emunah is incomplete. He doesn't, he's not complete within the aspect of Am Yisrael. Atma, atme. What does it mean? Atme. Zebchinat otem ozne oznom mishmod damim. This place. It's a play on the word otem. He stops. He plugs ozno his ears mishmod damim from listening to blood. What's damim words? Mishmod damim. From listening to words, this idea that they didn't listen to the rebuke or the denigration of the, sto- the the scholars, the chachamim, meaning their bloody words. Yes, they are very tough to accept, but because he didn't listen to them and he hated the chachamim, and this is why he plugged his ears. Um, a person who who removes himself from this emunah we talked about, Bar Emorai, a son of the Emorim, of the Goyim. And he plugs him, he plugs his ears from listening to the rebuke of the Chachamim, Hanu Birsha Hanar. Who are the Chachamim? The Birsha, that we talked about earlier. 
No, the birsha, the fish that we talked about earlier, is the emuna that we talked about. Birsha is the aspect of the emuna. Um, as we talked about Verosh, the cypress tree, which is which is Mordechai, uh, who is the Jew, Mordechai Yehudi, and the Jew is the aspect of emuna, obviously. So what happens? Hanu birsha, meaning this fish wanted to make this person fall into sinat chachamim. This person, who's this person? The person whose emuna is not complete, and he wants to otem. Atme, what's Atme? Oten, he wants to plug his ears from listening to the words of the sages. So this person, this emuna wants to make a person who is in this aspect fall. Uzrak zika bechala unchal. He threw down a flask of vinegar and it fled away this fish. Chala, what's chala, this aspect of chala? Vinegar, it's hitgabruta minut. Whenever atheism overpowers itself, when a person overpowers himself with atheism, bechinat as it says, my, my heart turns sour. What's sour? This aspect of chametz is kfira, is atheism. And through this, the fish fled. Meaning, who's the fish? What we said earlier, it's an aspect of emunah. Because he reinforced himself with an atheism, as we talked about, this is the only way that his, his kingship could remain with him. And this is how the fish, which is emunah, fled away. Meaning, because now emunah is separated from this aspect of Hanaga. But Rabbanu explains like this. The truth is, the kings of the other nations, even though they rule over us, their kingship is their kingship isn't like the quality of the kingship of those of the Jewish people. They don't nor have they affected our kingship. Because one wants to touch our kingship and to affect it. Finds neither Jewish nor Goy dominion, Goy dominion in his hand. Meaning, if he wants to affect us, he cannot. He cannot have both of them at the same time. He cannot fight us and also take his kingship. It's one. And because he's fighting us, he gets neither. Meaning, even their kingship over the nations of the world is taken from them. Now that they're trying to make and affect our kingship, because the emuna which surrounds our kingship makes their chokhmah fall. Because their malchut is dependent upon their chokhmah, but once their chokhmah comes in contact with our emuna, it gets burnt basically. This is what it said about the downfall of Egypt. The princes of Tzoan have become obtuse. What does that mean? No alu. Through the aspect of Ivelet, foolishness. What is foolishness? Whenever their Chokhmah fell. Meaning by the fact that their Chokhmah fell, when it comes into the contact with our Emunah, their Malchut, their kingship fell. This is what these great Tzadikim said to Nebuchadnezzar. You are our king with regard to taxes. But to lead over us, with Avodat Hashem, with service of God and Re'emuna, and to make us fall in our faith, and to rule over us in all of our spiritual service, at the Bashave, you and a dog are equivalent. You can't do what a dog can do, meaning you and a dog can accomplish the same thing, meaning nothing. Hanu Shamu, what were Hanana, Mishael, and Azariah saying? Shelon Agab Machut, Israel. That he didn't affect, that Nebuchadnezzar never affected the kingship of Israel, which is applicable to our Emunah. Because our Emunah surrounds our Malchut and guards it from being affected by this foreigner. 
And it makes fall the ones who chase this Malchut, which is solely pure, to Sinat Chachamim. If provided the heresy hasn't overcome the faith, God forbid. Until literally the Emunah falls, then they are able to receive our Malchut. As we talked about earlier, he threw a flask of vinegar and it fled. Meaning the only way that he can make our Emunah fall, this person is if he empowers himself with so much Kfirut, uh, uh, so much atheism that he's able to subdue our emunah through that God forbid God forbid so that's the only way but may we receive the malchut back again may we give the malchut back to Hashem may the tzaddikim receive their serara their authority so that they could guide us on the path close to Hashem Yitbach Be'emet La'amito Amen Kenei Ratzon